And that, I believe, is that. You should all be hearing me yakking away into a microphone. I can see sound flipping along on a on a on a mixer in front of me. We're we're here. We're we're making it happen, folks. Um, it's it's episode hunt. Oh, oh no! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! That's that's the wrong button to press. Let me. There we are. There we go. Well, it's uh yeah evening, morning, afternoon, uh midnight, wherever you are. Um, hello, welcome to um. Welcome to episode one hundred and ninety nine of um, of of Rail So technically, uh, technically, this is the two hundredth episode, um, which is rather exciting. But we're going to make more of a fuss of the fact we've had two other episodes uh, next week. More on that later. This is uh, episode one hundred and ninety nine. Hyperloop One is gone, but when will this nonsense die? We're asking the big questions here. Hello, everyone. This is an army in the in. The, this is the first one of twenty twenty four, isn't it? We're in a new a new episode a new calendar year very exciting yes we're here to talk about the demise of hyperloop one uh here as you can see this is it's, it's um uh head where it's test track is here um at the nevada desert uh near las vegas um you can see it's had its branding removed here uh which is quite funny i don't know if you can see close up but there's there's a an outline where they've they've sticky taped some white on top of the virgin logo there to get rid of it which is quite funny um but this is an open road you can you can drive if you're in the u.s right now um get the train to las vegas somehow <laughs> and uh, and then and then hire a car uh, or, or get a bicycle bicycle would be quite nice actually if you, as long as you've got plenty of water with you drive through this quite stunning amphitheater of um of of nevadan sandstone uh, through here and go and laugh at um as the as the liquid hit oh my internet just dropped out hopefully you've got me back there we go i think you've got me back something weird just happened anyway that's not what it's, it's fine it's fine i don't know how much of me you missed i was just waffling away with google street map in the background i'll shut up Let's get on with the let's get on with the episode. Uh, yeah, uh, it depends on how much you want to road cycle on the six lane highway. Oh yeah, that's right. You would have to. What is it? Is it I? I? Which is it? I. Oh, which is the which is the interstate that, is, that comes out? It's the Las Vegas free kind of freeway anyway. Anyway, right, fine. Let's let's get. Let's, I'll, I'm showing up. Let's get on with it. Um, everyone, welcome to tonight's rail matter. <laughs> As you can see, yeah, it's episode 199, but the, I forgot to update the title. I'm very tired, everyone. It's the start of the year. Um, anyway, I did sit to five fades away. <laughs> everyone in audio-only mode is going to be like, wait, why, why, is it, why is he laughing? What's so funny? Uh, I'm going to do a better job of audio describing, but I'm just going to leave that gag hanging in the air. Uh, yeah, start the year as we mean to go on. Professional as ever. Thanks, Gareth. Yeah, here we go. Right. Let's start with the news. How embarrassing. That's not really embarrassing. It's par for the course. I can never have this perfect. As the network connection fades from view. Yeah, exactly, Katie. Yes. Um, so, uh, two pieces of gadget ban news. Uh, piece number one, uh, reported here rather uncritically by Zoe. Zoe, and we, we know you. You're friend, kind of friend of the show, sort of. In, in the, You've changed the way you report on Hyperloop. But do the same for driverless cars, please, Zoe. Uh, hello, hello, Zoe. Um the uh, technology editor for the um, uh, for the BBC, 
<sighs> driverless cars tech this this should be very much in like triple inverted commas tech possible for uk motorways by 2026 transport secretary says we're going to come back to this news article yes happy new year everyone by the way happy 2024 uh thanks christoph yeah you're right um Christoph et al. Uh, very nice. Um, so, uh, that, that this, obviously, this is nonsense. Like, Harper is gullible, or rather, he's just trying to he's trying to front and center cars. But th- this is just not not the case. There's, there's zero chance, either technologically or regulate or or kind of legally, that this is going to happen in the next couple couple of years. Just just no chance at all. Hello, signals to danger. Signals to danger. Let's let's organize something. We need to get something something in the diary um, uh, for this for this year, uh, the first half of this year as well. So. Uh, first piece of news, uh, this is obviously nonsense. Second piece of news, uh, this is from CBC over in Canada. Um, it's another piece of, look, Ali, um, again, yeah, the the, 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 the chiron here is journalists stop this. Uh, we're going to come back to this news article as well. Um, this is the headline of this news article. Floating trains as fast as planes, question mark? Toronto startup says a thousand kilometer speeds could be a reality in the next decade, eh? Um, yeah, no, this is exactly the sort of headline we've been seeing for 10 years of uncritical, uninformed bilge. Ali, you've, you've, we've got some mutuals that suggest you aren't a fool. Please do better. Don't report stuff like this. Plasma technology key to Transpod's high-speed vision, says company. Transpod is developing new technology that it says will make train travel as fast as plane travel. Ah. Chushin Kansen is supposed to uh, open in 2027. I don't see it opening um, any time. Um, I don't see it opening until the, the 2030s at the earliest. Um, that's another story, though. That's that's intercity maglev, of which there are also none. Um, yeah, Transpod. We're going to get to Transpod. Um, but this headline, this headline reads like someone who's never heard of Hyperloop before, and they're t- telling people about it for the first time. But also in a BuzzFeed listicle type article, you know, in a joke article, not real. It's just, yeah, this is, this is, the, this is stop this. This is a, the, hold this article and the tr- thousands and thousands like it in your mind. Um, so here's the first tweet I ever sent about Hyperloop. I'd, I'd done a reply about Hyperloop before that, but I was more cautious in my reply. It was, and it was several months earlier, but this is the first time I did a tweet about Hyperloop. Uh, and this is November, 2017. Hyperloop is a stuff of wild technological fantasy in the US, let alone in the UK and Europe. Nonsense. Uh, this is a, a response to Michael Fabricant suggesting that um, Hyperloop makes HS2 redundant. And indeed, this is why I had to start learning about bloody Hyperloop. I'd safely ignored it for five years or four years, uh, ignored it as a thing, um, and only had to start paying attention to it when people started telling me that HS2 was redundant and Hyperloop was the thing. Funnily enough, fairly quickly after I... Uh, engaged in that subject me style as i'm sure most of you uh, could understand um that that did seem to die away and a couple of you know rory kathan jones was as much of a cynic as i was and uh, i appeared in the video in fact my first bbc appearance was talking about hyperloop um uh, rory rory uh, interviewed me about it and, and i i said a few things um rather unfavorably about um about this nonsense although i think i was quite kind in my wording in that article rather than more recently um uh, jack elliott uh, his last name is good a combination of uh, fabrication and yes you're right um uh, yes right sorry much let's get my miniaturized talking of the, the, the word that i just bleed there let's get my little face hello it's me everyone hello um i i promise i will be getting a haircut i'm going to audio describe 
a mustachioed idiot with excessively bouffant hair, uh, which he needs to sh- remove desperately. Also, unsha- unshaven neck beard, not in a good state. Uh, these are things that I should have got. Also, my even my even my sideburns are too long. It's just embarrassing. Isn't it? I'm so sorry, everyone. It's just I'm letting this side down. I do apologize. Um, yeah, uh, it needs to do better. I will be getting a haircut tomorrow. To my, my hairdresser, um, uh, the cutting station. That's right. Make my entire life one thing. I have a thing and I rub with it. No, it's coincidence. They were the nearest hairdresser when I lived on the other side of York. And I've kind of, I, when I get a hairdresser, I generally don't go anywhere else because uh, that's the thing. Most people do that. I don't know. In, in the chat, it, it, do people change hairdresser and don't care? Or do you all stick with a hairdresser forever? What's 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 weirder? I'm, uh, you know what? We're doing this. This is this is real matter. Uh, uh, and uh, we, we're asking the big questions here. Hairdresser, question mark. Uh, keep with same uh, change about. There we are. Start poll. Let's find out. These are the important questions, everyone. Um, anyway, right. Enough of that. Let's go. Let's go back to small face again. Yeah. So that was that was what I said. I, I kind of disappeared. Anyway, let's set some ground rules, everyone, about um, about Hyperloop. Some very important ground rules. Um, the, the, the first ground rule about Hyperloop. And this is this is particularly goes for anyone in my in my mentions, but but just generally, never do not engage in any technological rabbit ears, technological debates about Hyperloop. If someone's trying to debate you about whether the tubes work, whether the vacuum is possible, whether the speeds are possible, whether the um, switching mechanism can actually work, whether the the you know what the safety mechanisms might be, ignore them. They do not rise to it. They're trying to legitimise the, the 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 system by talking about getting you to roll around in the in the mud, talk arguing about technology, which may or may not be feasible. Do not engage. That's that's ground rule number one. Ground rule number two: do not reply with the Simpsons monorail meme. This very much um, cheapens the sinister nature of Hyperloop people. Firstly, that that um, it gives them an excuse to dismiss you back. Uh, don't get me wrong; it's a fun meme, but do not use this for Hyperloop. It it's it it's it, 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 it Hyperloop is sinister because it's intended. It has a purpose, and it unfortunately has been succeeding in that purpose, which is to make real transport solutions not happen. And we've talked about this. We, we've talked about this previously in episode way back in episode thirty-seven of Rail Matter. Why is it so important to tell people that Hyperloop is bad? Um, it's a good episode. Go back and um, and read it. We go through a few of the ploys that allow this stuff to. And to be honest, really, this episode that we're doing now, one nine nine. Actually, the answer, the, the question that we ask can, can actually be answered by this episode, episode 37, with why kind of these, these ploys explain how it continues to survive. But we'll, 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 kind, of, we'll kind of expand on that point. Um, uh, yeah, Michael says absolutely. But, 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 but I saw someone making a 160th model of a Hyperloop using a drain pipe. Therefore, it must work on a larger scale. Right question mark, right question mark. Yeah, exactly. Um, Gareth is saying, for two years after I moved back from Liverpool, I travel up every um, early every month for a cut. Uh, for a haircut, yes, absolutely, yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad. Oh, eighty-six percent of you keep with the same hairdresser. Absolutely, we're going to come back. This is an important theme that we're going to pick through. I think as a, as a secondary theme of the episode is haircuts. I, I like it. You know, this, this is, if nothing else, this is supposed to be. Hopefully, we're going to get lots of angry replies from Hyperloop people who are like, well, he's kept talking about hair and haircuts for the episode. Well, welcome to Rail Now. This is a community of happy people who sometimes like to distract ourselves from depressing nonsense by talking about where we get our haircut. Anyway, um, and this, this, this sketch that I did, which was the first this was the the mega thread that that got everyone to 
really start annoyingly it doesn't get cited very often i should have put it into a i should have put it into a medium article or a paper or something shouldn't i anyway um this thread got cited a lot um like this was my first really big viral thread it went it went around the houses big time um and and i made the point but, but coming off the back of lots of hyperloop nonsense i made the point that the reason this stuff gets traction is because you end up in this is why you don't talk about the technology you end up in in this circular discussion of people talking about the ability of the technology including the hyperloop people going look our technology can do this can do this can do this uh and then you also end up in lots of discussions about yeah what could you just think what we could unlock if, if with all this fantastic high speed you know transportation just uh, and then think about the technology that and, and it kind of round and round and round round and round kind of gargling in pig it and um uh, and and no one ever really talks about the important thing which is uh the capacity of the system how many people will this system move and fun enough, the answer to that is quite easy to calculate. You don't need to know anything about the technology to work it out because all you need is the speed. Um, because you can just use your SUVA equations. Those are your uh, S they're referring to um, displacement or, or uh, distance. Um, uh, you referred to initial, uh, initial speed, V final speed, A acceleration, T time, SUVAT. Um, elementary physics. This is basic. This this is mechanics. Uh, shout out to uh, Doctor Couch, who was our. <laughs> I think he was fine, but he was probably one of my more suspect um, secondary school teachers. Uh, in honesty, I think he was actually completely innocent and didn't realise it. But uh, mm, uh, knowing what I know now, possibly not. Anyway, uh, in any case, uh, yeah, Suvac. Yeah, give Suvac equations. Just use your Suvac equations. How do you work out uh, how many? How many? You know what the system capacity is? Well. You have you have here a you have a pod. Here's a pod. Uh, it's going. Uh, let's say it's going this way. That's it doesn't really matter. It has a certain number of seats in it. It has a certain number of seats in it. Uh, let's say it has twenty seats in it, right? Twenty seats. So that's twenty passengers. Twenty passengers. This thing's going at a thousand kilometers an hour. Then it will have. So if this thing's going along at a thousand kilometers an hour, it will have a distance before it is at zero kilometers an hour. So there'll be a breaking there'll be some breaking distance here. That breaking distance, say, is well, whatever it might be, four kilometers. Uh uh then that allows you to work out, all oh, right, okay, well, uh how long does it take to break that distance? Okay, fine. Well that takes about it's probably about about forty seconds, probably if you say it's about thirty seconds plus or thirty five seconds plus a bit of tolerance for this technology to, to kick in. So forty seconds, right, okay. So you can have there are forty seconds between pods. So so between each pod you have uh the pod pod with its people in it. Uh, people in it. Uh forty seconds look, by the way that that's inescapable you cannot run pods closer than their breaking distance apart from each other that th th there's no chance that you will you, that the, these systems are guided that this would fall under rogs and the equivalent legislation everywhere else these have to be 40 seconds apart from each other um, or you know safe breaking distance plus tolerance apart from each other 40 seconds so uh, what does that mean that means that you can fit what like pff, what's what's 3600 3600 divided by 40 that's 90. So that means that you have, what was that? Ninety times twenty. Ah, oh, yeah, there we go. So what did I do? So forty seconds. Three thousand six hundred is the number of seconds in an hour. Three three thousand six hundred uh, seconds per hour, which means that you can have ninety pods per second, which means that you have ninety times twenty equals 
1,800 passengers per hour per direction. You know what I should have put up here is the... Um, in fact, who's, who's got the not-a-metro sorter there? Because <laughs> I'm under the impression that if you've got 20... This is a bus. This is... This is a, it's, it's, it's a bus. It's a bus. This is a bus, folks. Um, yes. And, and of course, as the second is 90 pods a second, then you start going into how, what do the stations look like to enable 90 pods per, oh, sorry, 90 pods per hour. Yes, that should be 90 pods per hour. 90 pods per hour. Uh, how do you get a station that can have 90 things through it an hour? Um, it's, it's what, what? So yes, um, this is obviously completely different. So that, that's, that's how you work out capacity. You can all do this. You all have the capacity to do this. There we are. Hopefully that little lesson has given you the tools to work this out. Uh, Michael C is asking a genuine question. Uh, would it be possible um, to make Hyperloop with actual trains instead of pods? Uh, no, because th th at that point, the you, you, all the other stuff which we're about to talk about comes into it. So thank you, Michael C. Um, uh, Hannah Goodliffe. Hannah, did you by any chance... Um, uh, to go to Penglice Comprehensive in Aberystwyth um, uh, and have did Dr. Couch speak very gently like this? Anyway, um, Michael C., excellent question. Um, oh, Air asks a very good... So, 18, yes, very good question. 1,800 uh, passengers per hour per direction. Uh, HS2, as planned, HS2 uh, would have had uh, 19,800 passengers per hour per direction uh thameslink has around about 40,000 passengers per hour per direction uh cross uh, thameslink 2 aka crossrail has around about in fact no, it has exactly 36,000 passengers per hour per direction i think some of the new york subway has like oh in fact let's look okay, at metro systems are one thing but let's stick with high speed um i think incidentally chur shinkansen uh chur shinkansen uh has will have around i think around about ten thousand passengers per hour per passengers per hour per direction um so air yes very good question um yeah, Martha Lawrence, gondolas can manage sub-minute headways, but they're also not high capacity. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, Remy uh, is saying uh, RERA, so there we are, RERA in Paris can uh, achieve 65,000 passengers per hour per direction. Now, what does that mean? It means that nominally, if you wanted to be the if you want to match HS2's capacity, say, it means that you need in each direction 10 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 that's one direct you need 10 10 10 tunnels in each direction there we are. This is your little. This is your little lecture session going on here. Um, ten tunnels in each direction. So that's uh, add another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's let's get my perspective right. Sorry there. Um, ten. Um, so uh, if we've got ten tunnels, say each tunnel is. Let's let's make it tight. Uh, 
Oh my, Hannah Goodliffe, uh, Dr. Couch was Welsh, may have moved to Somerset, could be the, was he a kind of a, kind of a rugby scale looking chap? I love diversions like this. Right, this is important. Hannah. <laughs> right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Was Dr. Couch, did he have like long, potentially pony hair, tail, dark hair, um, uh, sat at the front, often sat on top of the front desks, occasionally in a bit of a compromising pose, Gently spoken, Dr. Couch. Um, uh, bit of a rugby player, like forward type build. Oh, I guess this is the same guy. Okay, we had the same. Yeah, he taught mechanics to me in, when I went to Amherstow for a year and a half when I was at Penglice. There we go. Right. Okay, we, we, we're there, folks. That's, that's <laughs> it's important discussions. Um, so, um, so this is 10 tunnels in each direction. So we've got 20 tunnels. So 20, 20 tunnels. Uh, and we're multiplying 20 tunnels by, say, two meters a pop. So just two meter tunnel, let's, let's just assume very favorably that you can make them two meters a pop. Um, so that's uh, times two equals 40. So that's 40 meters. Um, two meters gives you a very small interior thing. So I, I think the Transpod one or HTT's one was actually four meters. So that's that then goes up to um, uh, 80 meters. So that's 80 meters plus, you know, the, the, the various structural... So you're talking about a 100 meter swathe um, in a straight line because this thing, for it to go 1,000 kilometers an hour, is a straight line. All of a sudden, you're starting to see why this is gibberish. But to come back to... To come back to... Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, Ian is actually uh, right. Uh, it's eleven actually to achieve um, to achieve what what HS two has. Yeah, you're right. It's being favourable. So Michael C, Michael C, your point as to why would this not then work with other trains? Because oh, by the way, uh, Martha picked up a good point. Just as well, board tunnels are a famously cheap thing to build. Every single company that pushes this has not considered or modelled board tunnels. They all have modelled their business case on elevated tunnels because it is. They, they all rely on selling air rights with the and having uh, solar panels on the tops. None of them, including Hyperloop Transportation Technologies, not, which is you know one of the lead ones, will get there. None of them have modelled board tunnels. So they're we're talking about one hundred meters wide swathe cutting across the landscape in a dead straight line. Can anyone, not what this picture shows, can anyone wonder why um, that might be not functional even remotely? Hmm. Anyway, so there's, 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 those, that, that's kind of these three, there's, there's four issues. Number one is capacity. Number two is corridor. Number three is complexity. Number four is cost. All of these um, neatly fit together. So as we just talked about, a 100 meter wide corridor to get the capacity, if you are going to get that capacity, or likelihood is you're not getting the capacity. This thing is pathetic. But the route, the line of route, is still defined by physics. It doesn't matter whether it's a Hyperloop pod or a train. Super elevation, the amount that you can comfortably rotate that pod to get it around corners, are about the same. So that means that you're you can only really cant the thing over by about an angle of, of maybe six degrees, possibly nine degrees at, at most. Um, if, if you kind of match, you know, APT did 15 degrees. So you could go to 15 degrees. Even if you go to 15 degrees, I would say that's not very safe and accessible because the floor should be angled such that it's safe and comfortable for people to stand on it and walk along it. If, for example, it got stuck like that, 
um, it should be accessible. And, and, and so on an angle like that, that means that your curves are going to be 10, 12,000 meter radius curves at their tightest for the speeds we're talking about, which is essentially a dead straight line. For comparison, those are HS2's sort of gentle, slack, flat curves are about that, but they're at generally the curves are even flatter than that. So, uh, yeah, Martha's absolutely right. You can build this technology just fine, except in places where literally anyone lives or anyone has any care for the environment whatsoever. Yeah, so this picture of it curving gently, also with one tube. Where is the passing loop on this? Or is this just one direction? Or does it just one pod? Because that 40 seconds requires two minimum two because you you can't run these how are these passing each other so this is just one so this so you talk about 40 seconds no no this is going to be uh, what we can see on screen is at least two minutes of headway between pods to, to until a passing this do you see what i mean gibberish so that's corridor the complexity element is a, is a bit like what i talked about to, referring back today to to the the pad of a light kind of guided bus tram thing um uh, the yeah com com complexity is about the fact that this is a proprietary system. Um, it's a system that is untested technologically. So, building it, any contractor building this, it would be expensive. It's it's, it's untested. But also the compatibility element. The, 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 all these different systems interacting. Um, proprietary systems. How do they fit together? How does it get built? All these questions. And the fourth is cost. To build this thing. Either it has an enormously tiny capacity and you've built a, a a viaduct which has this single pod, this single tube viaduct is as much civil engineering as you as required to build HS2. Don't don't be un, under any illusions. The idea of this thing, you know, these pipes are also hilariously far, like the supports are hilariously far apart. That's not happening. But even if it was, this is this is still an enormous. Don't be fooled by the CGI hills and 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 you know. Uh, transport fever two ass looking uh kind of terrain this th this would have been a scar on the landscape to build this thing um, and it would require a huge amount of concrete you can see all those tall also the idea that this would get planning permission with this height that this would get planning permission anywhere in the developed world is also very funny so on those four counts of capacity corridor complexity and cost it just falls down so let's but we don't need to dwell on that let's have let's have a little let's dig into um yeah you've got to hand the token to the signal at the passing loops absolutely martha yes um tim balance saying it's built like a roller coaster the passengers just get extra g's yeah indeed so let's let's talk about what the hyperloop companies are up to today this is the meat of the episode we want to find out what they're up to today uh, and therefore we can judge um uh, yeah look at the half hours background rendering yeah they've not they've just they've just given up basically it's like roblox ass looking the situation it's just rubbish isn't it anyway what are they up to today? Let us start with, there's a group of, of organizations that founded their own sort of, I don't know, I don't know what you'd call it. Oh, by the way, this, the, the pixelation on this, 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 this logo, this is the, this is native straight from their website and they're using this pixelated ass version of their logo. Bad graphic design is so easy to overcome. Anyway, so the Hyperloop Association includes like, well, like six or seven or did include six or seven companies. Let's find out what those are up to before we dive into some of the other companies that aren't part of this snazzy association trying to make itself seem like a real thing when it isn't. Let's let's get cracking. Here we go. Um, oh, did I actually answer... Michael C., did I actually answer your questions? I think I did. I think all those those three extra points of, of corridor complexity and cost explained the, the other point. Um, just that there's no benefit to this stuff. You know, the energy 
consumption of this thing as well. It doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Um, so let's start with Hyperloop One. We all know what happened to Hyperloop One because that's why this episode has happened. It was founded in 2014. It was based in the US. The last real update was in November 2020 when they ran their little test pod bouncing around. Uh, yeah, they've not even invested in SVG logo, KT. You're absolutely right. Um, if fewer than 50% of them managed to not get acquired by crypto speculators and they're doing better than the astro mining industry, uh, lol. Incredible. Yeah, okay. Uh, does the developed world include the US? Question mark. I'm not going to answer that. Uh, Jack, these arguments hint towards a hard upper limit on high-speed train speeds. What do you think it is? 450 kilometers an hour? I don't know, actually. That is, now, that is a question that I think could be a rail natter and might be one that we could get a, get a proper academic in for. My suspicion is that you don't need to go much above... There's, there's not... <sighs> Continental distances, there are value, there's value in higher speeds, but I, I think once you get to that, those continental distances, aviation probably is still, from an energy consumption perspective, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, Long Branch Mike is here. Hi, Long Branch Mike. What a pleasure. Anyway, right, Hyperloop One. Uh, it's being liquidated. It's it's gone. It's 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 gone. Hyperloop One is gone. But there are other companies. So let's start with the other big Hyperloop company, which is Hyperloop Transportation Technologies. It was founded in 2013, based in the USA, but it has pre a presence all over the place, particularly in France. Um, the last real update was in February 2023. So, by the way, when I'm saying what this last real update was, that means I go through all the news that is we've been, you know, we've invested in this made-up technology, or we've created this new mock-up, or we've created this new new. Actually, no, the mock-ups I am counting. We've created this new 3D render picture and have uh, made that in news, uh, in, into the news somehow because you know Rubes. Um, no, no, the last time something physical that they actually physically did a thing, and it was February 2023 for Hyperloop Transportation Technologies. Um, I think they. It was when they uh, they've made another mock up because they'd had their test track rejected at the end end of 2022, um, but they are in the process of attempting to um, to merge the fund at the cash some new venture fund and they failed to. So my suspicion, given the lack of news, um, is that they've run out of money. Um, also, their their main bescarfed weirdo, uh, Bebop Gresta, has jumped ship. More on him later, everyone. Uh, he's very much a hero of this. He's our, he's our Trash Future hero of the piece. Um, he has a name that would also make all of the Trash Future uh, crew uh, burst out laughing. Uh, we'll get there. This does look like the, the, the logo of a men's shampoo. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, which one? Hyperloop 1? Yeah, no, Hyperloop TT definitely looks like a men's shampoo. So current status has made two mock-ups, uh, mock-up pods. Uh, it had its test track rejected and has run out of money. Let's go for another one. Let's go for Transpod. Canada's finest, eh? Um, 2015, it was founded. Um, these are, I think these are in roughly year order, but they're not in no particular order. I, originally, they were in alphabetical order, but it's it was, anyway. So, Transpod, uh, their last real update, the last time they did something real, they've never have. Uh, to my mind, Transpod have never done anything real ever. And their current status is just grifting. They're just grifting. Um it's they're just grifting i honestly i don't think they've done anything physical at all happy to be corrected on this but i could not find any evidence of anything physical other than just renders news articles there possibly some like i'm not counting university level tinkering as doing anything but this is this is there's nothing, absolutely nothing. They're not doing anything. And yet they get news articles like the one we saw earlier. Who else? Oh, Hard Hyperloop. Um, and uh, proudly on their website, they announced that they are co-funded by the European Union. And herein begins one of the problems. Um, 
So Hard uh, were co- uh, they were founded in 2016. They're based in the Netherlands. Um, their last real update was in October 2023, so that's fairly recent. Um, and the current status is that they are storing some pipe in a goods yard for 12 million euros of EU cash. Yes, you heard that right. 12 million euros of EU cash. I mean, technically it's the European Commission cash, but I've said EU for the sake of clarity. Um they're they're also planning to merge with another company which we're about to put up which is Zellerus. um uh, yeah the transpod really does look like a shaving cream i'm loving the fact that we're talking about hair we're, we're uh it's down to 78 percent by the way who keep with the same hairdresser keep voting everyone keep voting we need to understand the the how, how, how this works yes uh is that transpod uh, sounds like a podcast for trans people yeah i know it's a claim good damn it the trans community claim the name transpod um off transpod and call a podcast transpod because it's that that would be a good name it sounds stupid and goofy for a transport technology it sounds awesome that's it's like an incredibly trans not just the fact that it has trans in it's a very uh, and i hope i'm not out of turn saying this um it's a very trans coded name for a podcast it's quite anyway uh i i love it transpod okay there we go uh the campaign to start that um begins so um Hard. 12 million euros of EU cash merging with Zellerus. So the reason I keep flicking back is because there's a slight delay on the chat, so everyone's kind of catching up. Ina's um, shocked at the fact that 12 million could have electrified a good branch line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 12 million of, uh, of EU cash. Yeah, in the even in the UK, that would get you, you know, uh, six six kilometers of, of, of uh, electrification. Uh, they're merging with Zellerus. So that's hard. Um, what are they actually doing? Well, yeah, as I say, they've they've they've... They've rented some space in a goods yard near Hernigan and they've put some pipe in it. That's what they've done. Um, Zelleros, uh, who is who are merging with Hart, um, founded in 2016. When was Hart founded? Both founded in 2016. Interesting. Uh, Zelleros is, uh, or that's, uh, should be, yeah, Thelaros, Thelaros, I suppose, um, based in Spain. Uh, the last real update uh, was December 2022. Um, they have one mock-up. They have one small pipe, and uh, all of that for a cool 15 million euros of EU cash. 15 million euros. Uh, yes, folks, we're talking big numbers here. This is this is uh, really not good. Um, I'm loving logo. Log- this is logo pod. This is this is logo natter here. Uh, the heart logo. Uh, not sure. Martha's not sure what it is, but it's definitely something you'd see on the back of a truck trailer. Yeah, it is, isn't it? A bit, bit, bit weird. Anyway, um, this one, this one seems to be like they, they've stolen the Extinction Rebellion logo. Bit, bit, bit weird, isn't it? Um, yeah, the National Rail Museum in York also has some hyper, had some hyperloop nonsense in it, and I suspect it will continue to. Although I've been doing my very best. There's, there's a gallery. I think I can probably say this. I, I'm on the advisory panel for the Futures Gallery within the National Rail Museum, and my role was basically to say, do not put anything to do with Hyperloop in here without severe context and including some stuff that from the past that didn't work. Um, I tried my best. Anyway, uh, yes, uh, Martha Lawrence saying Zelleros, uh, or Zelleros, uh, uh, has strong fintech startup logo energy. Yeah, it does. You're right. Anyway, uh, let's have a look at what they're up to. Because look, they have this is an example of it. Of it. They have some stuff. Now look at this. You'd be forgiven for thinking from this picture with the with the, like the the you know grain storage ass looking laboratory um where they've bought a load of stuff from a presumably from a uh, an f1 company an x f low tier f1 company to just make it look like things are happening uh, they have like you know like a shelf that has wheels under it there's i'm um, audio describes best i can they've painted 
one of the electricity cables that they can plug their stuff into green they've got just a, a regular yellow sort of uh crank crane to lift stuff up it's probably rated to carry to lift 100 or 200 kilos um that they're they've got a couple of lights hanging from the ceiling as one does but it's quite a high ceiling um, and then they've just got general other stuff in boxes hanging around presumably just some laptop cables they've got just a, a regular industrial fan that they've bought not sure why um what else have they got they've, they've got what appears to just be like a steering wheel attached to a, a shaft uh but also the thing i've not mentioned is that they have what looks like uh well what does it look like it looks like a, a, a dyson hairdryer but it's larger now you might be forgiven for thinking oh that's a fair play that is a thing now why are they all ignoring it why are they nowhere near it? And why why has it got all its casing on? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because that thing is just a piece of plastic that lights up with a mock-up stuff inside. It's just it's just a mock-up. It's just there's nothing. They're just this is basically a garage, and they're storing their mock-up in it. That's what this is. Uh, we rented this EJ two hundred engine mock-up for looks, says Adam Evans. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, Hannah Goodliff uh, is is going, ooh, stuff. Uh, I've no idea what an en actual engineering lab looks like. Hannah, that's why they've filled it with bits and pieces that they've got from a, a, a from a sale of a, I don't know, you know uh, some Jordan motorsport spin-off or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know what the bottom tier F1 comp racers are anymore. But um, uh, yeah, passengers sit roughly where the compression, compression blades live. Yeah, this is, this is just a, they've made a mock-up. It doesn't, seem to have any way of actually running along the ground it's just a it's just a tube like a toilet tube with a with the front part of a cowled jet engine on it it's very strange so again that's like right fine but have they got any, i did say they had, they had a mock-up but they also have a short stretch of pipe so let's look at their test track here it is look at this it's the hyper track where they've got a gazebo they have some porta gabins which i presume include the loose and they have you better believe it they have a pipe this appears to be this appears to be a pipe that is half a meter in diameter, if that, maybe forty centimeters. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five segments. Each segment looks to be about one to two meters long, so that's about ten meters of 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 pipe, um, maybe a little more. But but yeah, that doesn't look like much. Um, Alpha Tori is is legit. Yeah. I'd be William. Oh no, Williams aren't at the bottom, are they? Uh, Jordan is the current Aston Martin team. Oh, all the F1 nerds in the chat. Oh, thanks. Yeah, actually, yeah, probably it would be Jordan. It'd be Jordan. It'd be whatever Jordan has transferred into again. Or um, I'm trying to think of some of the mid tier, some kind of the low tier companies when I was watching. What were they? Uh, Virgin, I suppose. <laughs> this was one of them. Um, th yeah, the, the, this is this is this is this is it. But uh, remember, how much was this again? 15 million euros. Anyway, let's talk about Novomo. Let's go to Poland. Founded in 2017 as Hyperloop Poland. Uh, it's changed its name to Novomo. Uh, a few of you are going to be interested in this one. Oh, Haas are the current bottom end one. Um, stake F1 team. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, the current status of Novomo is that they have... Well, they, they, they've inverted commas given up on Hyperloop, except they know that they have given up on Hyperloop, but they're still riding on its coattails um, to push, and this will answer a few of your questions on Twitter, um, to push an equally nonsensical load of rubbish. How much money have they nabbed? 23 million euros of cash. 
23 million euros. They've won a load of awards from, I'm not sure who, uh, Railtech Innovation Awards, uh, top railway technology startups to watch, top 10 Polish EU startups to watch. They've got a load of these sort of things here. Um, the best Polish hardware startup to watch in 2023. Best railway deep tech solution company, Central Europe 2022. Hmm. Let's talk about these guys. Sounds like a Dutch insurance company, same logo vibes. Yeah, I'd go with that. Um, so this is their plan. Their plan is that they, Novomo have created this thing that they're calling MagRail. Now, let me let me just immediately um, disabuse you of any notions that this is anything short of as much nonsense as Hyperloop is, right? What they've done is said, no, no, we're not, we're not doing Hyperloop. No, no, we're doing something that's a transition to Hyperloop. So we're taking high speed, conventional high-speed rail that can only manage up to, you know, 330 kilometers an hour, and we're going to, on the existing infrastructure, run pods up to 550 kilometers per hour. To which my immediate response was, uh, what do you think makes the trains limit to that speed? If every railway line was a dead straight line, then... This may immediately, this may not immediately be complete gibberish. That isn't what all railway lines are, though. All railway lines are curvy, even high-speed ones. In fact, arguably high-speed ones spend more time being curvy because they don't have space to actually fit any straights. For the most part, they're curvy. They're curving one way gently. They're curving the other way gently. But gently at 330 kilometers an hour is violent at 550 kilometers an hour. Why do they think... What do they think limits trains to the speeds they go at? Oh my goodness me. So let's just... And their the logic is that they run on the existing tracks, they would run the Hyperloop pod, and that means that they could then use Hyperloop dedicatedly for the new infrastructure and then run on Hyperloop for faster bits, but using the same pod. So that's how they've managed to convince... That's how they've managed to convince the European Commission to give them 20 million euros. Um... So they've got this track thing, and their proposal is that you'd build... So this is where it's like, existing infrastructure. No. This is, is not... This is this is not existing... This is not existing infrastructure. This, this What you're describing here is not existing infrastructure. You're proposing a substantial and significant addition to existing infrastructure that would get rid of, for starters, all existing track-mounted signaling equipment. Um... What? <laughs> How? Where, where are you putting the substations to power this thing? Where is the electricity coming from? How are the cables being managed to power this thing? This would be an enormous civil engineering and, and electrical engineering undertaking. Just putting the substations in to get the extra electricity in. Um. So here's a picture of the the kind of the test track, which, as you can see, is it's not very long. Um. Here is a mock-up, and on the mock-up here they have, um not shown very much other than a, a little thin dinky middle rail some, uh, some, these pad things either side that uh, question mark what i think is most fun though here is that they're implying by the presence of a freight train going in the other direction and a curve that this thing is running also transport fever 2 ass uh loading screen tight graphics going on here with everything motion blurred in, in, in the foreground they're implying here that this thing runs among existing traffic Again, what do you think is limiting the speeds of trains in amongst other trains? It 
it's the, you, how quickly are you catching the train in front up? Or rather, how much are you getting rid of all the other trains to run this thing faster? It doesn't make any sense. This is gibberish. This is absolute gibberish. This is even funnier because it's attempting to place itself into the real infrastructure. Again, this is tapping into the credulousness of, of not just non-engineers, because engineers fall for this crap, the credulousness of, of people who just haven't aren't applying basic critical thinking. Um so let's leave. Let's leave Novomo. So that answers. So a lot of you are asking about Novomo, and is there, does it have any merit? No, it's shit. Ignore it. It's rubbish. Right. Let's talk about SwissPod. SwissPod makes me giggle for a variety of reasons. Um, SwissPod was founded in 2019. They're based in Switzerland. Funnily enough, uh, their last real update from them was July 2021. Uh, it's a little bit of a while ago. Um, Nevertheless, they managed to get net themselves 3.5 million of EU cash via the Swiss government, um, and uh, which you might think is strange. Switzerland isn't part of the EU, but they did nab that EU cash via the, the, the government. Um, the, that curve, uh, well, it wouldn't need banking if it's like a low speed. To be honest, if it's just a freight uh, track, then it doesn't need any any banking. But, but you're right, there's no super elevation in, the, in, in there. There's no cant in there. I mean, you're, you're right. Anyway, sorry, back to SwissPod. Current status, they built a circle out of drainage pipe using 3.5 million euros of, uh, of EU cash. Good stuff. Uh, let's, what does that look like? Here it is. It's very nice, isn't it? Look at it. Uh, in their words, it was the first infinite Hyperloop test track. Again, this is just, this is just students building a, this is a student spin-off company building a pipe in the campus of a university, which is fine, but that's all this is. Uh, that's it. That's all this is. That's it. 3.5 million euros, folks. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Why I think this is funny um, is that um, Swiss Pod, as it was called, is not related to Swiss Metro. This is Swiss Metro dash NG or new generation. Swiss Metro is what Elon Musk plagiarized Hyperloop off. All of this, you'll notice this thing is basically Hyperloop. Um, this is their website. It, their website should age the company marvelously. Um, uh, this is... Uh, <laughs> Martha Lauren, please always be in the chat. Uh, I, need, I need just a Martha button, actually, and I just press it and, and you can just talk into the episode. That would be quite good. I just I just, a dedica- I just open up a dedicated Discord channel and every now and then you can just say things. Martha Lawrence says, many people do come to university hoping to lay pipe. Anyway, SwissPod. Uh, SwissPod, Swiss Metro, they don't have any relationship to each other. Um, the SwissPod are saying they're the natural successors to Swiss Metro, but Swiss Metro still technically exists. So I don't know if the Swiss Metro people, who I presume are some guys a bit like Colin Elif and Quentin McDonald, um, are have bought into that, or they're feeling like they're being wiped out. But anyway, Swiss Metro is is Hyperloop. Like Swiss Metro was the thing. There's the name of the thing that was what Hyperloop was called before Elon Musk made up the name Hyperloop, uh, which he did by the way, because the name Hyperloop dates back a lot before. Elon Musk attempted to patent it. Um, but that's something else you have to read about in a, a potential publication that might be out at the end of this year. More on that at some point in the future, I'm sure. Anyway, um, Swiss Metro, lovely. So that's Swiss Pod. So 3.5, yeah, this is very much 3D word art from Word 2003. Gotta love it. It's got the gradient. It's got the text gradient uh, here. 
Uh, where's my mouse? Yeah, here you can see it's got got the nice little little blue blue get radiant, which weirdly is being used by the current Transpennine root upgrade graphics department. I, I, what were they thinking? I prefer the previous one, but anyway. Um, but also, you notice this thing doesn't just have one pod. It's got a spiky end, but it's got one, two, three, at least four, and possibly then another spiky end. So it's got kind of four carriages. So you could argue this is a more developed in in their head concept like some people have thought more about this and you'd hope so because swiss metro dates back to the 70s so um yeah right that is all the stuff that's scooped into the hyperloop association that they made up so let us talk hello everyone who's watching by the way 160 people tuned in right now uh, hannah goodliff pointing out oh wow this makes so much sense elon truly has never had an original idea in his life uh hannah you're absolutely right that is not that is absolutely true not a single i, I don't think a single idea he has had is original not one um so that's the hyperloop association there are other companies though you might have you might figure that quite a few biggies are missing off here let's start with Kasik uh here which is the um chinese sort of air, a Chinese aerospace uh, company. Um, uh, the company founded in 1999, but the, 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 that's not when they started doing Hyperloop stuff. The last real update we had from China um, was in January 2023. Uh, off the back of very scant information, um, very, very scant information, basically one shared press release along among the, the, the kind of the standard news, kind of Chinese news organizations, they presumably have a test track and it's some form of pod but my my inference is that this is likely to be like a cheap quick fire mock-up for, for to, to have some chinese market presence and, and make out as if something is happening in in china on this front basically to appeal to all the american companies that have a chinese presence i would imagine just to say look yeah china is still on top of things too um and here is the test track which appears to be um this appears to be i mean from what i'm looking at it appears to be a skin not a tube um, with stuff sort of hooked into it. So this looks like a kind of a gazebo tent. This is just a fairly straightforward kind of concrete rudimentary track. Uh, and they've kind of got this like maglev pod. This just appears to be a, a, a maglev pod. There's, there's no vacuum here. So they're just firing a maglev pod. But also it could just be a thing on wheels going 100 miles an hour on, on electric with, with side conductors. There, there do appear to be some magnets here and here. But again, this is just a maglev test um, that I don't, but anyway, they're, they're claiming uh, a Hyperloop, that it is a Hyperloop thing. Uh, but, but since that, since the news article that said this was happening, nothing. Let's talk about TUM Hyperloop, or T-U-M. This is uh, München, uh, I believe. Uh, is that right? Technical University München uh, is, is where they, these, these, uh, these folk are based. Founded in 2019, based in... Uh, Germany. Uh, I don't know why I hesitated there. I was like sitting on the word Deutschland and was like, well, no, no, just say Germany. It's fine. Uh, the last real update was in September 22, uh, where they kind of announced that they had a mock-up. They, I haven't found any pictures of that mock-up, but they said they, oh no, maybe there were pictures. I've got pictures in the next bit. Oh no, no, sorry. They said they have a mock-up. Fine. The last real update was this in September 2022, which I think we had in Railnatter, actually. It's a bit of news. Here are some people, including some very gullible, the, the Prime Minister of of, of, of uh, Bavaria, I believe, uh, and a lot of other people, um, all getting very excited about um, this thing. This was, let's remind ourselves, this is September 2022. There is no evidence that anything has happened since. This is probably because Germany wants to get in on the Dutch act the French don't care for Hyperloop, so they didn't give Hyperloop TT their Toulouse test track. Boohoo. So the Netherlands and Spain have 
inverted commas test tracks. Um, Germany probably wanted to get in on the act and pretend that it's real as well. Um, but no evidence that this exists. Can anyone go on Google Earth, find out where this is, and find out if it, if, if there is any existence of this? Uh, go and have a look. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so here we go. Um, let us... Uh, let, let's, I'm trying to find out what, 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 what bangers um, are being kicked out in the chat, but I, you know what? I can't keep up. There's, there's so many so so many hot so much hot banter going on in the uh, in the in the YouTube channel that I can't keep up. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go back to the Netherlands. Delft Hyperloop, uh, founded in 2016. Uh, as with quite a few of these Hyperloop companies, they're kind of university spin-offs with a bunch of students who graduate and then say they're going to be a thing. Now, Delft Hyperloop is interesting because they've not got any real updates. They've never done anything real um, beyond just tinkering and vibing. Honestly, I'm a, kind of at peace with that. I think Delft Hyperloop has the best vibes of all the Hyperloop companies because it's just students tinkering and vibing and presumably, you know, having fun with each other's partners. That's, that's basically what university is all about. And these guys are carrying that energy forwards beyond university. And why shouldn't they? You know, they're not doing anything physically useful. They're doing lots of like, you know, university tinkering with and i don't see that they've got much more than just like a bit of university grant money so i don't know nothing yeah ah jack elliott found the tum stuff on uh, go and drop a wait a minute jack i'm gonna make you a spanner and you can drop a google street view uh link and we'll have a look because that's, that's always good for fun uh add as moderator they are jack uh standard moderator save jack you're a spanner now you can drop in a link um Imagine getting a photograph at a Hyperloop event. Well, indeed. I was at a Hyperloop event in Milton Keynes. Uh, I saw a lorry crashed into me in the smart car, and um, and I survived and went to the event for your benefit. That was years ago, though. That was a very long time ago. That was before COVID, was it? Uh, yeah, it must have been before COVID. Yeah. Uh, it would have been 2019 at some point. I found the whole thing deeply depressing, and I came home really, really depressed. Um, there we go. Oh, I didn't find it. Just find it. Jack Elliott, see if you can find it on Google Maps. Um uh oh that is oh that's a picture i should have found that does vaguely that's a thing it's about 10 meters oh this is the mock-up isn't it this is the mock-up yes sorry this isn't the test track this is just the mock-up that they have that they take places oh wait a minute. i'm just gonna drag this here and go this is this is tom hyperloop here is the, the mock-up yeah this is the mock-up they had i should have put a picture of it uh you can see it's just they, they just put a mock-up on a forklift truck and they kind of hike it up and pretend that it then they've got some lights inside a pipe so you can see it's very much a mock-up it has no bearing in, in reality um anyway right let's let's press on so that, that's delft hyperloop another company here uh a u.s company um arivo uh not to be confused with uh uh, Deutsche Bahn's uh, British transport company, Arriva. No, this is Arivo, uh, with a Samsonite briefcase-ass-looking logo here. Quite something. Um, last real update, none ever. I ha that just, this just doesn't seem to be any evidence that this this was, was or is ever a thing. It was liquidated in 2018. So, um, yeah... This is this is this is, it doesn't exist. So though they're they're supposedly a hyperloop company, uh, they never arrived. According to Long Branch Mike, thanks everyone. Everyone's on fire in the chat. Love you guys. Let's talk about um th this logo for starters. Which um what it looks like a, a a cultural misappropriated tribal tattoo, but actually even more confusingly. Um, this is DGW Hyperloop. Uh, that's why I put the little little note in the bottom corner. A baffling logo. Uh, 
founded in 2015, based in India. This is the Indian Hyperloop company. Um, if you ignore version Hyperloop One, who are supposedly going to build a Hyperloop, were supposedly going to build a Hyperloop to to Pune, I think, and they did not do that. Um, founded TUM test track and Google Maps, and it's just another model. Yeah, classic. Um, the last real update from this company, uh, none ever. They don't do anything. This is yet another of the it's just a website um, companies because this is just a website. It's just a website. It's not anything real, just a website. Um, despite the topic under discussion, uh, Gareth only has six squares on the Gareth bingo. Good grief. Crikey. Uh, Arrivo's Toblerone shape uh, pods never even made it to mock-up stage. Well, indeed, Long Branch Mike. Uh, indeed. Next company. This one's fun. This is Hyperloop Italia. Now, this logo, if, if right, uh, content warning, I'm going to flick through slides fairly rapidly, um, so close your eyes if, you've, if you're photosensitive. I'm going to go back now. We're going to look at the what logo does this look similar to? Just Hyperloop TT. Okay, that. Let's, 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 if we squished that logo, I wonder if it would look similar to this logo. So this, this is like an amped up version with serious kerning. Um, of and the reason why this is related to Hyperloop TT is because this is what Bebop Gresta went. He's, I believe, he's an Italian man. This is what Bebop Gresta went to do after he uh, was ejected, possibly question mark from Hyperloop TT. Um, it's based in Italy. Uh, this is a guy I questioned in person, and he did not like my questions to the point where he got rather sweaty and upset, which uh, made me very happy. This is in, my, in Milton Keynes. He'd come as the keynote speaker, and I made sure I made him feel incredibly unwelcome. Um, uh, based in Italy, um, obviously, because Hyperloop Italia. The last real update, none ever. Again, this is just a website. It's just a website. That's that's all it is. Just a website. Um TUM's got a YouTube video of their pod moving. It's a lie. It's a lie. Uh, yeah, as Martha points out, it turns out you can just make a website. Um, uh, so, here is Bebop Gresta. Um, I chose this web, this picture because it's a, web, a picture that he put on his own website. Anyone who puts a picture like this on their own website... Well, let me just auto-describe this picture. We are looking at a... Um, a how do, how do, how do we, how do we describe him? A a um uh, 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 uh I would describe him as a no 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 no. Uh, who's the actor who I'm I'm trying to think of? Gosh gosh, help help help! I'm having a brain. No no no. I don't continue without disabling. I just want to see. No, no. Here he is, Ed Norton. Of course, that's a guy. Who looks a bit like Ed Norton with a with a kind of a goatee. And a, a, basically, he looks. He's modeled himself to look like a skinny Tony Stark. But if Tony Stark was played by Edward Norton, that's kind of what this guy looks like. In fact, that's exactly what this guy looks like. He's even got the kind of the. Um, uh, he's, he's even kind of got the the Tony Stark ruffled up, uh, kind of dyed black hair. I would describe this as 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 a cry for help. But actually, it's it's all a grift. It's a grift, everyone. It's all a grift. Go on to Google. Uh, just search people Grest on, on Google Images, and the pictures that you will see are of his book and him looking very uh, tanned with uh, with his book, Hyperloop. Um, here, lots of very snazzy-looking pictures. There's a picture of him speaking at the World Economic Forum. Very rapidly, you realize that this whole thing is a grift for men like him. Um, it's a that's a secondary requirement of of this um, 
um, a secondary requirement of Hyperloop, as we know what Hyperloop is actually for, which we'll get to later. But lots of men uh, can essentially ride off the back of this as a grift to advertise themselves um, and uh, and get very expensive paid speaking uh, gigs. Um, And all these pictures of him uh, show how much of an insufferable prat he is. Just absolutely the worst kind of guy. Uh, properly, yeah, his name is is Bebop, uh, spelt, I think, uh, yes, spelt B-I-B-O-P-G-R-E-S-T-A. Uh, he's often pictured in a, in a kind of a loose skinny tie, the front of his hair is spiked up, um, just, just, yeah, I don't know how else to describe this guy other than, like, he's the, the I don't know, I'm just going to stay this side of... In in Minecraft, he would be the person who ends up in in a variety of assault lawsuits. Um, if he was working, if he was like the boss of your workplace, uh, maybe that's why he got kicked out of Hyperloop TT in Minecraft parody. Uh, possibly speculation. Cannot get sued for this speculation, etc., etc. Um. Uh. Anyway, so yes, here here is uh here, here, here. oh it's twenty one oh two yeah thanks. Uh, what did I say we'd get to later? Oh, yeah, we're nearly at the end, folks. Don't worry. Um this guy and um so we have to jump forwards to another uh, another company genesis hyperloop they have no logo because there is no sign of them on the internet other than uh, a couple of press releases that said they existed as a hyperloop company in 2015 based in the usa never had an update they didn't even bother with their website martha says you can have a website and uh they didn't they didn't even bother with that but it's gone it's gone it doesn't exist now the last hyperloop company now, confusingly, this company exists after its first update. So this it was no. Oh, tell you what, I've not done is updated a piece of important text uh, from there. Uh, look behind the curtain. They're founded in 2017, based in the USA. Boring company, of course. Musk's ostensible transport organization. Current status of the Boring Company. Well, the last real update was in August 2013 because the last real update about Hyperloop from the Boring Company and Elon Musk, whose face I'm not going to put up here because he'll give all of us a stress headache, um, is his, what he called is his his white paper, which I believe is, I don't know if it was the alpha paper, but it was a white paper and I'm using very broad inverted commas on this one. Um, so um, that was it. That was the last real update. And was that even an update? No, I'm being kind calling that a real update because Musk and the Boring Company have done nothing to do with Hyperloop. Not one thing. I'm not counting their little competition that they've organized, which I think is also SpaceX anyway, run that. Um, Boring Company, have, we, we can happily ignore the fact they've done flamethrowers and they've buried a queue of Teslas. Uh, we can ignore those things. So that, and to beg, then Baker's question, well, if, if, if Musk was the person who created Hyperloop, question mark question mark um what was the point of it now there's no one better to to to, to kind of refer back to than, than paris marx they've written just for to ensure that there is a, a wavering of interest in um uh, a wave i don't know why, why why there we go i'm getting excellent connection again my internet's dropping again i don't know why i'm so sorry everyone actually you might have to go back to this bit and watch it because it'll it'll work afterwards anyway um yeah, the whole point of this was to just delay California high-speed rail. That was the whole point. That was it. That was what Hyperloop was about. That was it. But anyway, go and read um, Paris's excellent uh, piece on Disconnect, uh, that the Hyperloop is always a scam. Well worth it. Um, I don't know what's going with the internet. I don't know whether it's because York is currently completely underwater and the, the bottom floor of the house has flooded. Uh, I'm so sorry that it's getting jittery at this point, everyone. I, I, I suspect... 
I suspect that I'm just getting weird. It's just weird things happening uh, on YouTube. I'm not entirely sure why. What can we learn from this? Well, the first thing we can learn from this is uh, it's about the European Union. Uh, what can we learn about the European Union? Uh, well, the EU is very stupid and has wasted at least, at least 53.5 million euros of its own cash on this easily debunkable nonsense that I can get, I can debunk with a couple of tweets. Um, this is this is staggering, staggering level of political uh, what negligence? I would describe this as negligence. It's just absolutely shocking that we're at the point where the EU has signed off on spending any money on this rubbish. It's shocking, and this is what happens when you allow. Uh, when you don't have good advisors within or confident advisors uh, within the EU, this is where this is an indication of, um, of 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 democratic failure. Democracy should not be able to spend this money on stuff that's so easily debunked as nonsense. Like this is just staggering, staggering um, amount of cash. You know, in the big grand scheme of things, it's not that much. You know, this but this money is not going to other proper good research. It could be going on proper railway research. This is this is this is what I know about other stuff across the board will have been this is probably an, there's there will be much more money than this that the EU itself will have spent on other things this is just deeply frustrating um uh, just for uh, for clarity I am I'm uh pro EU but this is an indication of where the EU is hopeless transport policy is one of the EU's absolute weakest weak spots um Everything about their various rail directives is pretty hopeless. Some of it has value, but you know, obviously, we had John Worth on to talk about this, and John takes a slightly different view from me um, on some elements of it. But I think the, the EU are just hopeless. They're they just they spent so so many tens tens and tens of billions on roads. Just an awful organization in terms of transport. Hopeless. Anyway, right. Um, so that's that's one thing we've learned is that, is that the EU is just is is spilling. Uh, cash on this stuff, and the other thing is, so where are we in at? Well, that, that, that I think I've kind of answered that question. These these companies aren't really doing anything. There's a few little minor schemes going on, but actually, again, nothing's happening. And as we know, nothing will happen because it's nonsense. They're not going to magically fix the things we've talked about: the four C's of capacity, of uh, corridor, of complexity, and of cost. Those are not getting solved by two hundred years of research. That's just not happening. You're not solving them. Um, why is it still dragging on? Well, I'll tell you why it's still dragging on. It's because of articles like this. This is why. This is this is why. Actually, Hannah has asked a, has asked a very good question. I'm going to go big face on this. Hannah, you, you've kind of tapped into a point, and the issue is that engineers are not either. They don't speak up, or they're idiots getting involved in this stuff as well. This is the problem. Not enough engineers are speaking up about it. Either they're like, well, I don't understand this stuff, so I'm sure someone's going to work out, or they're beholden to Elon Musk. Not enough people have actually... And, and uh, partly this comes from the fact that not enough engineers understand the operational stuff. Lots of engineers, even track engineers, whatever it is, think this can work because they they just build the track and they don't actually think about the operation. I'm sorry to say, and it's one of my big... In the kind of the role I've picked up, um, uh, which I can talk about uh, in a month or two, uh, my, my new job... Um, one of my big things I'm going to be pushing on is, as engineers, we should understand we're not just building a physical thing that looks like a railway. We're building a thing that can be run as a railway. And it's a thing that I fear a lot of engineers don't get. And that's partly why engineers haven't got in the way of this stuff. However, 
I dare say journalism has uh, more to apologize for because, you know, Ali uh, Chiasong um, uh, has published this article. Articles like this, with headlines like this, this headline here, floating trains as fast as planes, question mark, Toronto startup says 1,000 kilometer an hour speeds could be reality in the next decade. No, this is what the headline should read. Transport enters ninth year without building anything. Company still claiming its technology will be a reality in the 2030s. That's how to write that headline. With the subheading of plasma technology key to transport's high-speed vision, says company. No, don't quote the company uncritically. Actually think about why have they why are they going on about plasma technology? Well, the latest patent added to transport's list is plasma technology. One of the things these companies try and do is um, list off a load of patents and then lease them back to whoever finds them actually useful. So they're not, you know, they're, 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 and often the, the reason that the, that the students are the ones who are picking these up is because students don't get paid much. So it's a few rich venture capitalists trying to patent farm off a bunch of stu- underpaid students, which is kind of pretty unethical and unpleasant. So this is, so this is someone who's completely, you know, a complete, sorry, uh, Ali, a complete rube. You shouldn't have written this article. But even Zoe, who, you know, Zoe wrote this piece about driverless cars. This headline, which you might think is balanced, driverless cars, tech possible for UK motorways by 2026, not in inverted commas, comma, Transport Secretary says. This is what the headline should read. Transport Secretary's 2026 driverless car target, technically and legally unachievable. Because later in the article, that stuff gets said. That should be, the baseline reality should be the headline, not driverless cars tech possible for uk motorways by 2026 don't put the quote from the idiot as the headline this is the problem you know headline writing journalists just getting to go on a fancy trip to las vegas traveling the thing think that it's real the way to fix it is by speaking to the journalists message them don't be too mean reach out say i'm not sure about this do you want want me to write a story do you want offer them content This this is what i do basically offer them content go actually there's a story here, but it's not the one that you're telling. Uh, do you know about this, this, and this? Uh, and indeed, it works because, well, it almost works. Uh, Zoe did change her. In fact, I was speaking to Zoe in DMs, and and uh, she was sending questions to uh, the former CEO of, of, of Hyperloop One before it folded, at just after they'd done their fancy test and created some new CGI. So Zoe, you know, in the loop on this. But yes, Hyperloop shutting down. I owe you a beer, Gareth Dennis, uh, tweeted Zoe at the end of last year when this news was, was announced because yes uh, they're done um it is possible to to shift this stuff but you have to kind of communicate you have to be a good communicator and communicate you have to also have to reach out to the journalists and and, and kind of meet them halfway and understand why they're publishing what they're publishing um which is what i try and do but but yeah don't don't scream too loudly at the journalists because ultimately they're being shouted at to create quick content um, what you can do is provide them more content to counteract but the trouble is these venture capitalists are very good at creating enormous amounts of stenographic dross that's very easy to turn into quick articles um the grift absolutely richard moody's right the grift involves loads of tech buzzwords no one really knows much about that and journalists are not normally technically qualified precisely um 
this is uh, yeah, this is this is and, and Katie, you're absolutely right. The editors write the headlines, so this is an editorial challenge because the editors think they're writing the headline that works. And, and headline writing is the BBC are particularly bad at it, but a lot headline writing is just hopeless across the board. Really, really, really bad. Uh, Long Branch Mike, um, a an independent journalist, advocate of and creator of independent journalism, by the way, um, is important. Needs our donations to call out tech bros bullshit. Support. Websites like London Reconnections support um, the independent writers like Paris who are counteracting this bullshit. Um, support me on the Patreon because I'm one of the people, writers, who, who counters this stuff. Support those good writers. Find the good writers. Find the um, the inclusive writers who do their best to, you know, uh, aren't always perfect, but do their best to... Um, to kind of be uh, inclusive and, 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 and actually listen to, to a multitude of voices, support those writers, support uh, Taj Ali at Tribune, for example, is a, a great example. Just, yes, even the engineering magazines fall for this stuff. The B2B magazines fall for this stuff all the time. Yeah, Paris Marx's uh, Disconnect blog is, is fantastic, well worth going in and, um, and and subscribing and providing that support. It doesn't have to be much, but uh, just a little bit of, you know, sharing the stuff is, if you don't have the money, then sharing that stuff and, and using it, sharing that against articles and just contracting the stuff is really important. And you can find, if you want to find out more detail, if you want to dig into detail or just enjoy the chaos, uh, Rich, uh, Paris's book is very good, Richard. You're, you're absolutely right. If you want to enjoy the chaos, then um, you, there's a link in the description of this um, this video that you can go into um, and, and go back through my back catalogue of loopy hype stuff that I've tweeted about on Twitter. Um, which might provide you some additional reading material and fun. 77% of people uh, keep with the same hairdresser. This is, this is important, critical information I'm very glad we know about. Um, so, there we go. That was a bit depressing, wasn't it? But um, hopefully useful. I'm so glad that uh, Long Branch Mike is, is is with us talking about independent journalism as as a progenitor of such. Um, yeah, Paris is absolutely great. Just so much time for Paris. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, thanks to all of you for, for joining. Uh, yeah, Martha Long wishes that someone was buying, uh, buying Martha a beer. Yeah, I, Martha, I suspect I will never get that beer, although I, I will definitely try and call it up. Um, uh yeah, I wonder how making journalism primarily a master's degree would affect technical know-how. Hmm. Um, yeah, support London Reconnections is ever scraping by. Yeah, quite. All this good stuff. Right, let's 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 wrap the episode up because I've dragged it on. You've all been lovely. Do send some. If you've got any further questions, I haven't made it hugely questioning. I feel like I've um, uh, I've dragged it. I, I desperately want to get Paris on. Um, I've 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 messaged messaged them a couple of times. Um, I, I need to make it happen. I as a, as a one man band, I've, it's it's just a case of pinning people down we have a few good guests next year but i'd absolutely want paris on yeah for sure right so let's get rid of my face um as ever in audio only format hopefully well audio described apologies if i'm do call me out if i'm not audio describing well enough for those who do just listen in audio only form um some of you just because you like to listen to it in podcast form and some of you for accessibility reasons you, you if, if you've got blind kind of followers of real matter then uh, hello to all of you um uh, do shout at me if i'm not doing a good enough job of audio describing do send me feedback send me feedback either on these podcasting platforms or you can message me in various ways um uh so thanks for all of you listening um the usual plugs patreon.com slash gareth dennis to support me being able to do the, the little bit that i do to to um d debunk whether it's you know guided bus not tram nonsense as today or whether it's hyperloop or whether it's anti-high-speed rail nonsense whatever it is the, the cambridgeshire not autonomous not metro 
not Cambridgeshire either, that sort of thing, then Patreon is the way to do it. Uh, or paypal.me slash Gareth Ennis if you want to just a one-off one-off uh, violent hurling of change into my face. Um, GarethEnnis.co.uk slash merch for the merchandise and GarethEnnis.co.uk slash Discord for the Discord server where the chat continues and Martha's on there and you can... Uh, actually, I'd, are you on there, on there, Martha, actually? I made an assumption, but perhaps you're not. Uh, you go into the Discord server and try and find Martha is what you can do. Um uh, oh, some exciting! Yeah, um, Alex, uh, looking forward to. I will make sure I um, I will do the change um, on uh, in the uh, in in the credits. Uh, that's that's very exciting news. Um, uh, I, 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 rightly, you should be feeling happy about that. Um, uh, Creature XXII uh, says, going off your gadget band chart, would the Vancouver Skytrain fan in Canada be a gadget band because it uses linear induction motors but uses standard gauge tracks and steel wheels? Oh, that's an interesting question. I'm going to have to go away and have a think about it. Um, I'm going to have to have a good think about that. Uh, Ina, it's been good to be back for another rail matter after a break caused by evenings talking transport and housing at the council. Ina, an absolute pleasure. You have a good evening as well. Um, so, all of that waffling. It's been lovely to have you along. Next week, though, is the official 200th episode, if not the spiritual 200th episode and we're going to do every episode of rail Natter so far except not the first hundred we're going to do another one of these this time though i'm not going to just go through them one by one i'm going to cluster them into similar themes to see what we can kind of pull out as big themes so it's going to be a whiz through an hour-long whiz through of those episodes but trying to pull out those key themes to remind ourselves on them and remind me of them as well um uh to, to long branch mike needs me to oh sky train not gadget band speak to long branch mike understood i will uh dm you long brush bike <laughs> uh rail matter speed runs um let's let's do this thing yeah that's next week and uh, it's gonna be a pleasure to have you along and i don't know what it's episode 200 so we'll, we'll presumably have to have some champagne or uh what i probably will have which is some uh some uh cordial i'll probably have some elderflower cordial because uh, that's nice is trains a big theme you know it is you're right it is anyway i'm gonna go big face like i said i've been it's just been an absolute pleasure from uh, from me, and indeed from uh, from from Miles, uh, Miles here saying hello. Here's Miles. Uh, hey, what a what a champ, Miles, just hanging out with us in the in the background here. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. For those of you in audio only format who have no idea who who Miles is, then uh, I it's very difficult to audio describe what appears what what appears to be a scatter cushion with triangles and legs. Anyway, right. Uh, I will see you all next week welcome to 2024 everyone <laughs> cheerio